God, I don't know how I'm going to formulate a single thought. I know. I'm sorry I did this. I need to be like dunked in a bath of ice. Dude, it really is like, it's gnarly. You would come out of that bath of ice going... Da, da, da. No, I think it would da, da, da. reset my brain. I honestly do. <laughs> you do an ice bucket challenge to get the Venga bus. It would like heads. freeze the song and stop it. It would <laughs> freeze the Venga bus quarter of your <laughs> Exactly. <laughs> do you have any ice cubes? <laughs> uh, oh, it's it's the Venga bus has calcified your pineal. It has. Oh. <laughs> it literally has. Don't joke about it. <laughs> uh, I Venga bus. Like tranquilizes me. I like. I, I know it, 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 it paralyzes all thought. It does. There should be a spell in Disney called Venga Bus. You inflict psychic damage, and they like are in a stupor. I think they could play Venga Bus on me while doing open heart surgery, and I like wouldn't notice. Yeah, there. it's true. It's very much the vibe. That's like the vibe. honestly, that. I need, I need to start using Venga bus as more of a, like, a coping mechanism. It's really, honestly, for the last, like, couple of weeks, anytime I need to hype myself up, I yes. start playing Venga bus because I'm just like. the opposite to me. <laughs> I feel like no, I went I've been well. hyped down. No, I agree. Like, it's, for me, it's not. Ugh. like I think what I could do, though, is, like, if I have to do something awful or painful. Yeah, like, yeah. that's more what it is. Bus. It's like, yeah. if I have to do something, like, really boring at work, mm. I play the Venga bus so that, like, my mind goes into the party. Yeah, and it's not connected to what like my hands or body are doing anymore. Yeah, my, yeah, b- yeah. my brain is just like we like to party. <laughs> we like we party. like to party. Yeah, yeah. I think if I had to like I'd be on the Venga bus. If yeah. I had to perform like a surgery on myself, I would. <laughs> I'd listen to no, Venga yeah. Bus. Like if I was in like a if I was in like an out outer a saw situation a saw situation or like in the apocalypse if yeah. I like got a cut on my leg and I had to amputate. You know? Yeah. yeah, you know, yeah. in like horror movies where like there's like a meaningful song and it's always like. <laughs> Like they'll yeah, be like yeah. singing it to yeah. themselves, like yeah. Sa- like yeah, crying, yeah, 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 yeah. Like, yeah. Off their arm. Yeah. Maybe like party, party, like party. Night can't remember. It would be just like that, dude. It would be just like. That. And at the very, at the very end of the. At the very end of the horror movie, then like a bus comes up, like pulls oh my up, God, yeah. and like really pull, pulls away, and you just. Go, the Venga bus, but it's like coming, but it's like ambiguous. Like yeah. it's you, yeah. maybe you died, and, and you the Venga bus is coming. Right, and you're heaven. like distorted, like a yeah. tiny bit of the like. Is uh-huh. that the Venga bus? It's it's, the, it's as they're like crawling out, you know, like yeah. their, their hands bloody, crawling yeah, their way, blurry. and in the distance they see the the blurry silhouette and like. Again, like being a distorted for sure. Yeah, and you're just like, is the Venga bus coming? Is it coming? And the and the the trailer for the movie would have like a really like sad weird version of it yeah it would yes. be like in in a like what is down. it in minor key and yes. like, yeah yeah we like to party. it would be like um it would be like venga bus played in minor key through uh in the rain from outside from like a, <laughs> in from, a cave from like a child's <laughs> victorian like yeah. instrument like yeah yeah i mean i imagine and playing there would be a child being like the venga bus yeah yes <laughs> Can you imagine a Victorian child hearing Venga Bus for the first time? Oh See, my god, fine, dude. They were all fucked up on like laudanum and cocaine. They were. Constantly. Okay, yeah, so they no, would I just be in. I know it would like, kill a Victorian child. Wrong. Anything no. from Victorian era would kill us. No, that's why I, I don't think it would kill a Victorian <laughs> yeah. child, but I do think it would unlock something within them. Yeah, they'd they probably would, that would change the course of history. history. I think they would probably like l- learn to ascend yeah. to the next level. They, would, they would realize that they were fucked up on laudanum and cocaine. Yeah. 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 And do it more. And they would do it more. Yeah. 
<laughs> I like to party. They would start like they would start the cocaine industry. Yeah. Like instead yeah. of it just being like they'd be like, guys, we don't need a drink. They'd be like, this isn't cola. This isn't medicine. They're never. Yeah. This yeah. is for party. Yeah. <laughs> if somebody went back in time and played Vangavas for a Victorian orphan child, the war on drugs would never have happened. Maybe mm-hmm. you're right. And we would all be on cocaine right now. Yeah, we would all be on cocaine right now. In like a society that was like structured around it was yeah. literally like we wouldn't the american dollar would be gone no it'd be all opium and <laughs> right it'd just be uppers and downers yep yeah. <laughs> it'd be great and the vanga yep. the vanga um, the vanga bus we would have great bus. public transportation yeah. oh my god yeah the bus is all across the country exactly <laughs> But would but would the Venga Boys, who, if in case you didn't know, are, they are the that? that's the artist. Which you know what I love that because uh, the Venga Boys is two guys and two girls, so they're Best all boys. Venga Boys. It's Dude, wow. Term. Yeah. Wow. wow. Anyway, but like, if they, would they be would they have ever been born in right. the new society? Would it be? Yes. Would it be the grandfather paradox? Mm, I think right. that I think that there's where like, they've killed their own grandfather because he wow. died of laudanum and well, opium overdose. I think that there's here's like the no reality where the Venga boys don't exist. I think they're like an inevitable constant across all parallel well, universes. And I, I think right. too that like even if it did kill them. Like the Vangabus, after having traveled back in time to be played for that orphan, would become the national anthem. Yeah. So like, mm-hmm. it's not. This, yeah, the it would still be, be here. Fair. It, I mean, and it would kind of become a spy. It would be. It'd be a Vangaverse situation. It'd be a Vangaverse situation. <laughs> I mean, I yeah. think if there weren't those Vangaboys, others would rise to take. Like exactly. It yeah. Matter genetically, it's not like. Yeah, but would... but the society would never have been created if they didn't create the song. Yeah, but being a Vangaboy is a state of mind. I just think that, like, again, I think it's one of those things where, like, if the our Vanga boys hadn't been born, different people would have been born who would have became the Vanga boys. Also, your like it's, theory... It's a, it's a status. It's not a, like... In, it's not an individual identity. It's it's like a... It's like a profession. <laughs> yeah, true. So you're and saying also, that the Vanga bus exists discrete from the Vanga boys. Anyone, the whole, can, anyone can like the to party. The whole idea of the grandfather or the Venga father paradox, mm. as it were, mm-hmm. yeah. is reliant on a linear perception of time that cannot be changed or altered and cannot branch out. So, like, if we're talking about multiverse, the Vangaverse, the Vangaverse, then, then you the original change. Venga boys would still exist in their own universe, in our universe. But there is another universe out there with Victorian orphan children... <laughs> Who are listening to Vanga Vanga uh, the Vanga bus, bus for the first time right now? Right, it's Vanga, called Vanga, We Like Vanga. to Party. Vanga 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 it's, Vanga. The, the song is called We Like to Party. Just, <laughs> no, 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 no. It's called Vanga Bus. I mean, it should be. It should be, but no, it Listen, is in fact called We Like to Party. That the song is called Vanga Bus. Called Vanga Bus. Let's not debate this, dude. This is this is this this is a Mandela effect situation. No, fuck off. It is also many people just know it as the Six Flags song. Well, I literally forgot that it was associated with Six Flags. Yeah, no, yeah, it's that old... kind of ruins this for the me. The old man gets off of the bus that is not the Venka bus. It's a different bus. And he does, like, a dance to it. And they're all like, oh, let's go to Six Flags. Um, but he is not... He's not a Venka boy. Do you think he's... Lived- unless... Unless he's the Victorian child. I was gonna say, like, <laughs> oh how my long, god, how long do you think he's lived on that bus? Like, yeah. <laughs> so it's the Mandela effect. What did I say? Mandela. Mandela. Whatever. <laughs> I mean, it's I only read made things. Up bullshit anyway. Yeah, it is. Uh oh, I shouldn't have said that on the podcast. It's real. People are gonna kill me. It's real. People are gonna I mean, well, okay, no. Th- I mean, it's it is. Real. It is real in that people, if they think they have 
many people will think that they have heard of yeah. a thing that they haven't actually heard of. And yeah, yeah. But I'm just saying it doesn't indicate anything. Delusion. Um, it indicates exactly what Juniper is talking about, or, which is that there's a branching universe where it happened. You're right. You're right. The the Baron. What is it? Is it the Berenstein? Berenstein. Baron? It's Berenstein and Berenstein. Yeah. I don't remember which right. one is right. In one universe, uh, it is... Berenstein. Yeah. What about... Who's the Berenstein, then? There's that's, three? Are you telling in, me there's that's three? Different... He's, a, he's a scientist in the books. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Uh, yeah, it's actually Berenstein's monster. <laughs> not Berenstein. I don't know if you guys know this. Uh, right. All right. All right, you guys. Let's party. Let's like mm. to play D and D. Let's I let's like I like to party. Like to party. Let's introduce ourselves. Uh, who, what? Noel is dying. Noel was possessed by the spirit. I'm about too much about the Venga Bosses. Yeah. <laughs> to, look, to look directly into the Venga Bosses. Uh, I don't like it. I don't, I don't like, like that song. You don't like what? the Venga Bosses song? Like that song? I mean, no. Do no. you even like to party? I, I feel like I it's need It's like to you're not even from this universe. For the record, that I don't like that song. That song has yeah. a... That song has a death grip upon yeah, my it's brain. Yeah, it's true. That There's I, a difference. I, I agree. Basically, uh, I saw I, somebody mention the Vanga bus on like Tumblr or something, and I went, oh, that's right. How did that song go? And I listened to it once, and now it has just been in the back of my brain yeah. going, mm-hmm. we like to party. We like, we like to party. And we do. Literally constantly for the past several weeks. And also, I'm Kat. Uh, good uh, good one nice i'm noelle and i feel like my brains have been scooped out by an ice cream scoop <laughs> and i play fran and she's about to kill everyone cool that's that's, that's cool i'm juniper i believe that certain individuals who i won't name uh, who may be on this podcast are infiltrating from another universe um and i'm just gonna say that you can tell who is real uh, who's a real earthling based on how they react when they hear the Venga bus. And I won't go into any further detail than that. And I play Corbin. I'm here from the sleepy time universe. And uh, he's... Uh, gonna be killed. He's gonna be killed by Fran in this episode. <laughs> cool. One of my victims. Hey, everybody. I'm... What? Oh, well, I changed my name. I did. I'm... I'm Errol. Oh. oh, that's right. Sorry, the, the spirit we of the Venga bus. This intro was supposed to be about that. We got just a moment. The spirit of the Venga I was so focused on Venga bus <laughs> that I forgot that names were uh, 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 even real. Uh, no, I mean, it's true. You lose yourself. You do. You lost yourself. You lost your name. You came back. New name. Yep. New Venga bus. That's what the Venga bus does to you. <laughs> you lose yourself on the bus. Dog. Venga uh, bus will trans your gender. It's, watch out. It's the downwards. <laughs> <laughs> oh, and uh, yeah, so I, I, I'm Errol now. Woo. Pretty, yeah. pretty exciting. Errol. Yes. 
uh, E-R-R-O-L, because I'm an old man. Air roll. Wait. And somebody on Tumblr. There's two L's. No, there's not. There's not? Wait, E-R-R-O-L. E-R-R-O-L. How have I been spelling it? Only one L. Have I been spelling it with two I mean, I wouldn't be mad, but it's only one L. I don't think I've spelled it once, and therefore I win. I lost the other L on the big bus. No, I've been spelling it right. I've been spelling it right. I've been spelling it right. Okay, cool. Thank God. Yikes. Yeah, I mean, I would have violently fucking killed you. I know. I know that. Uh, I really care a lot about spelling. I play Slake, a Mm -hmm. half-orc fighter who will be killed today by Fran, as we've already discussed. Yes. Beautiful. I guess I do spell it with one L. Wow, you've been spelling it right, and you didn't even know. I don't know. That's what the Venga bus does. That's how it does. You don't dude. even know what you're doing. Well, it's because when you when you got on the Venga bus, it was spelled with two L's. Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah. But, well, and then when you left, yeah, yeah. The the Venga bus was like that second L is actually superfluous, and you don't need it. And the I was Venga like, you're right, like, Venga bus. Don't take the L. Mm. Yeah, they said, don't take the L. <laughs> Thank you, Noel. No, laughing at my joke. I didn't even laugh because I was just like, that was just really solid. You know, Thanks, everybody. Solid, it was like the solid joke. Solid I was just joke. like, damn. Thank I mean, you. that's that's a mark of a professional comedian is if you don't laugh at. Because you're just too busy intellectually. <laughs> yeah, because you're just yeah. you're analytically you're yeah. analyzing. And you're every fucking aspect. depressed. The Venga <laughs> bus quadrant of your brain is being activated. Yeah, dude. Exactly. Right. That's exactly. True. The that's four, true. Four quadrants of your brain: hungry, sleepy. Horny. Horny Venga Venga bus. bus. (laughs) (laughs) Yes. Okay. So true. All right. Let's all activate the Venga bus centers of our brain and um, let's get into it. Okay, you arrived back at Estra after hiring a mercenary group, the Kukui Warriors, and also setting loose the Burning Ones, uh, who are the adherents of Raskar the Rage. And you uh, you revealed to them and to Raskar that Orestes is his son and Torva has been hiding him. So you're hoping that is useful and not uncontrollably destructive. <laughs> now I'm hoping it's both. Well, that too. Well, we have to, we, if we figure out the timing right, maybe we can, you know. Exactly. So you uh, went back to Estra and now you're beginning your planning stages. You have contacted gods, uh, the gods that you're on good terms with to figure out who's on what side, uh, what sort of help you're going to get from the gods. Other people that you have contacted, you've contacted a bunch of your allies. Um, obviously, you've got the Estrins, the Kukui Warriors, and then you also have contracted the Pirates, um, and they are coming to help you. The Madrians are sending what they can, but there's not much. Elfrins and the Boars, uh, you've contacted them. The Danmari, they're sending cavalry. Uh, these orcs from Chakal Chahar, uh, you're getting some people from there. Uh, and then there's the dwarves. Obviously, you've you've deposited them. They, they aren't, they, you don't have fighters there, but there will be fighters, dwarven fighters within the city. Yeah, mm-hmm. who, who are still there. Yeah, who are still there. So the basically the Esadel resistance that is mm-hmm. still in the city. So you've got those on your side as well. And the Estrins, like 100 magic yep, users. Yep, you've got 100 magic users, and then the Kukui warriors are 50 fighter types. And then some drama happened. Yes. If we yes. remember, uh, yes. yes. So um, yes. Fran contacted Kai, and Kai told Fran, hey, you got to keep Corbin awake, unable to help Mary, so that I can put her through mommy boot camp yeah. and uh, and make her more powerful. That's a really awful way to say that. <laughs> That's what I... Really not. That is what I wrote down in my sounds notes. Sounds real awful, bad. Um, and you know... I don't think it sounds bad. Hey... <laughs> Okay, so um, Mary can now hear all prayers 
um, constantly and also has gained the ability to be psychically heard, basically from wherever. And that was uh hard for everybody because uh yeah she she woke up screaming and begging for the voices to stop and uh the estrin attendants were like hey we've seen this before with the last goddess that's happened you know we've we've got techniques to help her deal with it you know don't you guys you guys don't worry she'll be fine by the morning um and then fran went and talked to Laika and revealed that um you know Laika was chosen by torva as his champion and Laika was like well this is a great plot reason for cat not to have to do this voice during the final <laughs> battle all right so you guys do you do you sleep the rest of the night i mean how late was it when this fucked up thing happened i'll say 2 a.m i don't know so I went to go talk to Laika. Yep, and you two finished your conversation, and yeah. I assume you came came back to the group. Yeah, I think I think Fran would come back to the group, mm-hmm. and like like so tired that her eyes are like rolling back in her head, but at the same time, like can't quite lose consciousness. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I feel like I mean, correct me if I'm wrong, Corbin, but I feel like we would have maybe like just camped out like in the hallway, um, mm-hmm. so we could be right nearby so we maybe just brought like our bedrolls and are just like waiting to see if there's any update trying maybe to sleep um but not having a great time with that corbin i think yeah corbin would be i mean he doesn't have to try to sleep like that's just his preternatural ability frankly he's the the being awake is is yeah that um, would probably make him more anxious yeah um so he's probably like dead ass asleep like Mm. you could you will have to stab him through Mm -hmm. to wake him up well you know he's he's uh dream guardian guardian of the dreams yeah yeah dream guardian guardian of the dreams all right, so you guys spend the night in the hallway in various levels of wakefulness and sleep. And uh, in the morning, the attendants come out of Mary's room and uh, they tap you on the shoulder. They'll say, it's like you look the most wakeful, so I think they approach you first. They say, all right, she's resting now. Uh, she said she'll be out in in an hour or so. Uh, would you, can we get you anything? A uh, hot towel? Um... Sure, yeah, that that would be great. Thank you. And uh, she nods and, and puts a hand on your shoulder and says, she's going to be okay. Don't worry. Oh, I, um, I tear up and I, I pat their hand on my shoulder. <laughs> and the, the attendant departs and um, another attendant comes back a little while later with some hot towels and some muffins and a little pot of tea for you all. That's really nice. Thank you. <laughs> and then they nod and, and leave. And um, do you guys eat? Are you able to eat? Do you feel like eating? Corbin's still asleep. Corbin's still asleep. Okay. I think um, I think tea and a muffin would be good. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I think I put the hot towel like on my face mm-hmm. for what? a minute. Do yeah. Fran, Fran puts the towel over her eyes and does not like move to eat or drink. <laughs> All right, so you guys, you guys hang nobody, out. Nobody puts a hot towel over Corbin, huh? I mean, you're. I do you want? Yeah, but you could cover his face with the towel while you're asleep. Nobody even checks to see if Corbin wants to be waterboarded. I mean, can we have some consideration here, please? Can we think of somebody other than ourselves? No, no, all right, all right. not in this moment. 
I mean, maybe I should. I mean, I guess if if they say Mary is gonna be okay, mm-hmm. maybe I should wake Corbin up to let him yeah. know. Cor- Corbin, hey. no, no response. Uh, I I kind of shake his little shoulder. Uh, nope. Yeah, like I said, you're gonna have to get violent. <sighs> you piss me off. Good, you're gonna have to get violent. I don't want to. I'm tired. <laughs> oh, waterboard me. No. I mean, I guess we could just let him sleep a little longer. I mean, you can you can wake me up. You just gonna have to like punch me or something, dog. You're gonna have to do it eventually. You're so fucking weird. <laughs> it's Corbin. No, no, no. Fran will probably do it though. No. No, no, but everybody lets you sleep, Corbin. Yeah, well, then I'm... <laughs> okay. Corbin, you sleep. Uh, up- you have to have your own agency now, Corbin. Yeah. <laughs> Shit! <laughs> you know I hate that. <laughs> All right, so about a, you know, a little while later, maybe not even quite an hour later, uh, the door to Mary's room creaks, creaks open, and Mary pokes her head out, and she gives you guys kind of a, a shaky smile. Oh, my God. Fran, like, scrambles up to her feet and, like grabs mary and is like are you okay mary mary nods and um she she brings her hands up to sign and then pauses and then continues to sign and she says i'm okay i i feel weird but um they my mother's old attendants had a lot of tricks to help me filter the noise um so i'll i'll be okay did they work she nods and then sort of wiggles her head in a like so 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 i can still hear them but they're not so much at the front of my mind if that makes sense yeah bran kicks corbin in the head wake up mary's up (laughs) (laughs) mary Uh, Corbin, Corbin wakes up. You don't say. Is Corbin awake? Corbin is awake. Did he enjoy that? Yeah, he did. Like that? He liked it. Oh, horrible. Okay, he didn't. But but he's glad to be awake because Mary's there, and and he Mm -hmm. runs over to Mary and and hugs her. Oh, don't worry. I'm I'm okay. I'm it. Needed to happen, I think. I don't like. I don't like that. I feel like that can't be true. Yeah, why? Why would you say that, Mary? Because I can do more now. I think I can do a lot more now. Oh. And uh, she sort of fidgets with her hands and then signs. Is it okay if I keep signing instead of talking psychically? Of course. Yeah. What? Yeah. What? Wait. What? Yeah. What? Yeah. I just feels I've never been able to to talk without my hands and that doesn't feel like me to do it to talk like that if that makes sense yeah yeah um, of course okay she nods I mean I guess it'll be useful to, to be able to psychically shout across the battlefield yeah do you think you, how far do you think you can do it can you, like, answer someone's prayer from across the world, or...? Mary nods. I I think I could. Uh, I mean, the further away they are, the less my power extends, but I think I'm starting to understand why the gods don't want to live like this forever. I can't imagine living the next 
10,000 years like this, so... Well, you won't have to. We're going to find a solution. And Mary nods. Science, yeah. But first we're going... First we're going to stop Torva. So, I guess let's get started. Corbin? Yeah? We've got work to do. Okay, yes, montage. With the music starting, right? <laughs> Mary... Mary. Looks at you. I, I don't know. Are you going to start singing? The things you say, Corbin. What? Oh, what's a good montage song? Nothing that there's nothing that could uh, be a good montage song that we wouldn't get a DMCA takedown uh, notice on. We sing it really bad. <laughs> <laughs> Is this another TV thing? Um, buddy. Yeah. Are you okay, buddy? <laughs> never mind, you guys. Never. You don't get it. All right, let's go. Let's go, Mary. I'm ready. Let's go. <laughs> So Mary takes takes you guys out to the field outside of Estra, between Estra and the uh, Dwarven Hill. But she, uh, Mary, points to a uh, a plant on the ground, like a it's a it's a pretty pink flower. And she looks over to Fran and signs, Fran, can you make that big? I mean, how big do you want it? Um, how big is a boat? Okay, I'm gonna need I'm gonna need some help on this one, Mary. Oh, I hold oh. out I hold out my hand. Mary takes it and it is like someone turned on a faucet. Like there is there's no effort now. There's no fighting against your magic or hers. It's just like she has just handed you a spigot of magic. Oh wow! Okay, I touch the plant, and I would assume I make it like way bigger than I meant to. Yeah, it just, it just <laughs> it's like, like literally grows into like a huge beanstalk. <laughs> oh what! Whoa! Holy shit! Mary, Mary nods and and then signs. Yeah, there's a lot of people praying to survive. Corbin. Yeah, I don't know how to make boats, Mary. I'm gonna just put that right out front. No, but you know how to make a portal. Let's open up a portal to Sparrow Island. Oh. Okay. All right. We want to bring the boat here? I guess I'll do that then. Okie dokie. There's, I remember there's big trees, right, on Sparrow Island, Cat? Yeah, yeah. Okay, yeah, yeah, yeah. I guess I... I there's like I, a palm tree, yeah. yeah. I, fucking, I fucking do it, yeah. All You're right. Open up a palm tree and Mary... Yeah. Mary takes your shoulder and, again, it's, it's just like that spigot of magic and mm. you holding this... You could hold it indefinitely. You could hold this open forever, with, as long as you are getting power from Mary. Damn. And Mary. she she nods and says, "Okay, I'm going to hope this works." And then she heads through the portal, and you both still feel that spigot of magic. Like there is still a tether, no matter how far Mary has just gone. You are still feeling it. It lessens. It it tapers off the longer she's gone. But you can still feel it. It is almost unsettling. And then a minute later, a boat crashes through the portal. Oh my god! Right. Ah! Okay. And uh, there are a lot of pirates yelling. And Mary is, you see her on the deck of the ship, basically making like a, a motion like she is driving this ship forward across the dirt until it is sitting in the middle of the Mary, the, the wild grasses, Mary. Come on. <laughs> Do we want the ship on the ground? Mary want Mary want don't, ship on ground. Don't ask questions. <laughs> Mary and Mary, uh, you know, stops what she's doing. The ship 
comes to a halt. The portal closes. The plant sort of withers and falls down. Oh. And uh, she looks around and then signs, I might not have thought this one through. Ah! Mary! <laughs> That's okay. You, you've been through a lot, Mary. Mary. I'm, I'm sure we can figure it out. And Captain Carr comes storming up from the, the ship and he yells, what? How the hell did we get here? This is what we wanted. This is all according to plan. <laughs> Mary signs, sorry, I um probably should have asked. And he looks around and goes, what the hell? Where the? We were on. And, and Mary sort of shrugs and signs, you said you'd come help as long as we didn't send Slugbird. We did not <laughs> send Slugbird. So... Well, we sent we send them elsewhere. Yeah. Uh, uh, hello, Captain Carr. Uh, Fran Fran tries to scurry up the side of the ship, and I will make an athletic. Oh check. yeah, make an athletic <laughs> check. Tell me how good you scurry. Oh, you're not so bad. Um, I got a 15, which makes it a 14. Okay, so with a 14, <laughs> you you scurry and you arrive slightly out of breath. Mm-hmm. Hey. Uh, uh, right. So <sighs> we. Need a ship? I like look over at Mary, like, tra- like transmit me your plan. Why did you do this? <laughs> Mary signs. I, um, we so <laughs> Mary, Mary kind of like turns away from Captain Carr so she can sign just to you, friends. Signs. Mm-hmm. I just sort of thought that they'd be the easiest to grab, and I, I didn't really think this for any further than that. <laughs> okay, so. Um, you have been summoned by a very good god, and we are gonna save the world. So, <sighs> welcome to that. And I hold out my hand to shake. <laughs> and Captain- Formal summoning procedures. This was just a test to make sure that we had the process figured out. And it worked exactly as planned. <laughs> and uh, Captain Carr take- shakes your hand, Fran, but does not look very enthusiastic about it. Says, all right, well... We're certainly happy to help, but I don't know exactly how our boat's going to uh, serve you here in this open field. We'll move the boat. <laughs> yeah, we'll, we'll put, don't worry, we'll put it back in some water, some different water. Mary signs, there's a river nearby. I think the boat will go in the river. And if it doesn't, there, there's a lot of other options. We'll get the boat back to the water. We have a moon pool. It'll be <laughs> fine. <laughs> and uh, Captain Carter sort of looks around and, and nods and, s- and says, so... This is where the army's gathering? And Mary, Mary nods and she asks, do you, how many other ships do you have at Sparrow Island? I saw a couple. And he says, you've got about five now. I think the sixth, though, is, it's out of port at the moment. And also, I think, too small to really be of much use. Yeah. So Mary, Mary nods, Mary nods. She, she starts to look back at Corbin and, Car- and Captain Carr goes, but I think we should have a better plan in place before you start moving all of my boats to this open <laughs> field without water. I can put, we, between me and Fran, we can make the field. That's not the problem. Have water. That's not the issue, Corbin. <laughs> I'm just saying, like, I'll, if that is right. the issue. But it's not. Okay, but if it was. <laughs> but it isn't, so we don't need to talk about it. Um... Yeah, we'll we'll probably transport them elsewhere. We might need multiple ones in multiple different locations. Mm, I see. Well, do you have a plan to get me back there so I can give orders to my crews? And Mary sort of pauses and signs, yes. 
yes, we can, we can send you back. Right, Corbin? Um, Mar- yeah, Mary? Yeah. Cool. Yes, yes, with, yeah. yes. With we- what I experienced just now, we could send every, we, we could put the ship fucking back where it came from. If you wanted it to go back. <laughs> I don't even think that, I don't, frankly, I don't even think Fran needs to make a flower big. I could probably just open a portal in the ground. <laughs> Mary nods. Great. Then yeah, we'll, we can send you back. <laughs> and uh, Captain Card nods and says, well, is there uh, anyone else? Uh, other generals? Leaders? And uh, Mary goes, oh, yes, yes. Uh, uh, start a war council? Yes. Yeah. That's the word. Yes. Yes. That's, yes. That was what we planned to do yes. when yes. we came out to this open field. Yes. yes. We're starting a war council. Um, Lyca will show you to a meeting room. Fran, <laughs> Fran um, pats Mary on the shoulder and uses her magic to use the spell creation to like make a fun war meeting tent out here ah nice nice and it's like very beautiful and uh yeah with many beads (laughs) and mary goes over there is the general's tent uh their leaders will be joining us soon corbin yeah let's get those other leaders (laughs) okay hold my hand mary Hello, listeners. It's a creepy, seasonally appropriate mid-roll for you here at Legend Lock. I'm your host, Scarol, adding extra layers of confusion onto what was already a very messy process of rolling out my name change. Pretty eerie stuff. Anyway, um, I didn't think this long would elapse between my mid-rolls. Yes, the relentless passage of time, truly the most frightening thing of all. But fortunately, we at Legend Lark have found some respite from the horrors in our dear listeners. To that end, thank you to our new donors on Patreon, Doug Indrick, Becky Rose, Arden Stryker, and Cody Ross. With your support, I expect that one day we will be able to be exhumed from our shared crypt and walk the earth once again, making our podcast a bane on all mankind, as well it should be. Your support is vital, and about that I am dead serious. If you want access to delightful treats, you can support us on Patreon. For male-tier patrons, we have some shockingly superb mail coming up for late October. A double feature of pleasing prints from Juniper and yours truly. And of course, we'll be sending out our ghoulishly gorgeous yearly gift in December, which I'm very proud of and excited to get into your eager little hands. And what's this? I sense a presence here in this room. Could it be... The reviewers on Apple Podcasts, Margarita Pizza, and Pressurized Salmon. We sense your kind words from beyond the veil, and we send our gruesome gratitude. Pop, crack, the sound of my skeleton rattling around. Am I talking about a zany prop skeleton or merely the skeleton that lives inside me? You'll have to live with the ambiguity. It's an audio medium. Oh, And while I was rattling these old bones, 
I've uncovered this dusty scroll on my desk. What could it be? A terrifying personal message from the online store. And it's got blood on it. Ooh, think about that. <clears throat> Ahem. This is from the Chaos Demons. And it reads, Dear Game Goddess, Thank you for being the world's greatest GG ever. For almost four years, you have done an amazing job combining storytelling and combat for our beloved characters. We would not be where we are now without your insistence on being chaotic X-Men. Hey, remember that time we joked about one of the main villains looking like Air Bud in high heels? Or that time we punted another villain to death and we couldn't stop laughing for ten minutes straight? Good times, good times. Anyway... Us players here wanted you to know how amazing you are as we are wrapping up our first campaign. What a better gift than to get a shout-out on your favorite podcast ever. We love you, Allie. Love your personal chaos demons, Kyle, Kev, and Zoe. Bone-chilling. But there's life in this mid-roll yet, before it breathes its last gasp. I have two more wonderful fangs to thank. Like, fans, fa fangs, fans, is that anything? Anyway, this shambling corpse was recognized by a listener out in the wide world, so I wanted to give a big shout-out and thank you to Annabelle for making my day and for the discount on the bubble tea. And now you are forever immortalized in the podcast. Like a vampire or something. I don't know, man, that, that's scary, right? Uh, but seriously, thank you a lot. That was so cool. And, uh, <clears throat> and another fan went above and beyond the grave. Because cause it's like, it's Halloween. <laughs> um, by sending us a petrifying package of delights. Riley, wow, holy shit, thank you. What an incredibly sweet thing to do. We're all floored. Thank you so much for your beautiful artwork and for the tea, fidgets, pins, and everything. Uh, we so appreciate your thoughtful gifts, and we will cherish them and also consume some of them. Uh, I'll post that art on our socials, so keep an eye out, everybody. These paintings are really wonderful. <clears throat> if any of you listeners are longing to send us any macabre mail or like just regular mail, you can find our P.O. Box info at legendlark.com slash contact. Well, would you look at that? A big spider is coming to eat my whole entire body. But before I go, a message to Chantel. Chantel, the code word is emotional support knife. The sleeper agent is active. Girl! So, the work of gathering your allies from the many far-flung corners of the world, something that should have taken months between you and Mary, Corbin, it only takes a matter of days. Mm -hmm. You find that after the first couple of portals, you need to take a pretty long break just to recover yourself. It, the magic feels like it, it starts ripping through you and, and you need to take a break and, and take a breath. <laughs> 
But between the two of you, in the next couple of days, you summon everyone from everywhere. Madria sends a full complement of their finest fighters, well, the ones they can spare, with Queen Tenavine at their head, joined by her brother-in-law, Prince Azam. The company stands resplendent in their beautiful polished armor, though there are only a few hundred, with standards representing the Elias royal family, the Mwinians, the Green Spires, and that's it. They regret that they have no ships to send, as they've only begun the process of rebuilding their navy, but they're sending what they can. Tenevin herself will not be able to fight. If this battle truly is the last against Torva, then she wants to be with her people to lead and protect them. But she will help you plan. Hi, how are you? How's your cool wife? <laughs> Thanks for coming. Uh, Tenevin smiles and says, Lilia as well, thank you for asking. She is, uh, in fact, we've... We are talking about adopting a child. Oh my god. Couldn't be me. Congrats. <laughs> thank you. Thank you. I only hope that I can give them a better world than the one I've lived in. Mm. So once uh, you and Tenavine are done talking, Fran, you see Mary opening up another portal and through it come the promised forces from Danmar. The Danmari riders, a thousand strong, gallop through their portal on horseback, charging the field with practiced maneuvers and splitting to either side to make way for the rest of the company. Damn! <laughs> yeah, you get this tiny little force from Madria, and then it's just Danmari, who, the, the, the Danmarians who are also fighting another war on the side. <laughs> well, like, as, as we've like, previously yeah, discussed, yeah, yeah, yeah. They, they weren't able to use their cavalry, so they've just yeah, got like yeah. a shit ton of cavalry to send you guys. Hell yeah. King Abasi rides with them. Though he has one arm in a sling and a still healing scar that cuts down the left side of his face and neck. He fought in the Battle of Farah Mountain, but brings good tidings. As of three days ago, the battle is won. Torva's troops withdrew back to Torva's jaw, and the tieflings have reclaimed their home. The four of you are standing in the field as Mary has come back on the back of the king's horse. <laughs> and she slides down off the horse and the king prances his horse to a stop. And the king tells you about the battle at Farah Mountain, the brave tieflings and how they drove the invaders out of their home. He says, now it's time for the bigger fight. We will, all of us together, crush Torva down to his very bones. That's plan. Uh, um, so you, you came from the, the battle at Fire Mountain, sir? Yes, yes, we, indeed. Uh, did you happen to see, like, a very, like, hot young man <laughs> who, like, had, uh, godly powers of shooting daggers out of his hands? Ah, uh, yes, you speak of the betrayer. He was a good ally to us. I believe he is still with the tieflings, last I heard. Okay, and he, okay, so he didn't come with you? I, I returned home to Danmar to gather our cavalry after I received your first message. Okay. Maybe we could check in with uh, the tiefling force over at the mountain. Mary signs, that's not a bad idea, though I don't know who they could send us, well, besides Phelan. Yeah, it'd be nice to know how he's doing. She she nods, and then you hear Prince Azam shouting from nearby. He says, Father! Father! Get down off that horse! <laughs> uh -oh. And and the king looks taken back. He goes, My son! My son! I'm glad we will fight together again, just back at Ilfra. And his son goes, No! 
Father, we are not both riding into this battle. You need to return home. You need to be there to lead our people. And the king sort of goes, <laughs> and Azam looks at the at the four of you. Ah, what? Uh, why are you looking at us? <laughs> he is injured and a very fit man of <laughs> 60 plus years. He's that? What? <laughs> Damn. He doesn't look a day over 25. <laughs> I don't know if I go that far, but yeah, well, you know. <laughs> Corbin can't tell if I don't. Bitch. I don't know how old bitches are. <laughs> I don't. Yeah, listen to your son. Unless no, you don't want to. Listen, yeah, I you're mean, an adult. You make your own choices. Uh, like, But be responsible. So like, just taking all of the... Taking all the factors. Taking all the factors and then make a way decision based on logic and reason. <laughs> Yeah, yeah. Azam yeah. shakes his head and says, Father, we'll discuss this further. Come on. And uh, they they head off towards the general's tent arguing. That was awkward. Yeah. <sighs> Family squabbles, am I right, you guys? <laughs> Sucks. Sucks. Good. Lucky for us, we don't have any family. <laughs> <Yeesh>. <laughs> <laughs> Good one, Corbin. Thanks, man. <laughs> Ma- Mary looks at you, Corbin, and touches her heart a little sadly and goes, I thought we were family. No, it's different, though. It's fa- yeah, yeah, obviously, yes, Mary, mm-hmm. obviously, d- don't make... Oh, God, Jesus. Wow, Corbin, you, you fucked it's up. Different, it's different with found family than bad, with bad blood, one, blood related. Oh! Bad one, Corbin. Corbin sits down on the ground. <laughs> Anyways, um, uh, well, we should try to contact Phelan, but we can't do it through praying to him. Mm, that's right, because evil Phelan will hear you. It was Slugbird busy. Yes, yes. <laughs> Slugbird's on a very important mission. Oh, yeah. Slugbird's right. watching the burning ones yeah. and transmitting data back to us. <laughs> yes, Mary, Mary signs. Correct. <laughs> Slugbird has become an invaluable resource. <laughs> Absolutely crucial to the operation. <laughs> what about, uh, could we send, like, uh, Abba? You're going to send a god on a... Yeah, send a god to talk to a god. Talk to a god. I guess so. Couldn't All we right. just send a sending to Fire Mountain? Mary signs. Yeah, that would work. That would work. <laughs> All right, so then what do you want to say in the sending? Just, just say. So Fran closes her eyes and says, um... Hi, Phelan. <laughs> it's me, Fran. Uh, we're gathering forces to attack Torva in Estudel. Uh Do you want to come help? And she sort of winces when she says that, and then she mutters, just um, only come if you really want to. Okay. Also, can you talk to Farah for me? <laughs> Is she is she down to go to war? She DTW. Again. I hope I hope you're safe. Goodbye. Is she DTWA down to go to war again? <laughs> DTF down to fight. Yeah, yeah there we go. go. Actually, that works go. good. Yeah. Okay. So the the sending goes through, and you don't get an immediate reply back, but you know you get a, a message received, sort of. Okay. He left you on red. I mean, that's typical Phelan. Yeah, that's that that's, that's typical there's, Phelan. There's nothing else you could expect. Yep. So after you sent your sending to Phelan and, you know, I'll say it's probably the next day, Mary and Corbin open up the portal to Ilfra and there are no legions, no platoons. There's not even a company. The first few to come are just a dozen soldiers 
led by General Olivia, and she holds her chin high as the elves march through, but the others shift, looking around at the Dan Mari and Madrian companies that have already been summoned, and they seem ashamed of their thin numbers. No, they should be bolstered by the fact that they're joining big numbers. Yeah, <laughs> they should feel good about it. Olivia sort of gives you guys a, a half-hearted smile and, and says, I only took volunteers. Most of our forces were never fighters to begin with, and they don't want to go back to war, but open another portal soon, and maybe some more will come through. It, it's okay. We're, we're, it was really... I mean, thank you for coming. Mm-hmm. She nods and says, Torva tried to destroy our home once. Well, we're not going to let him destroy the whole world. Good plan. Yeah, we're not. So the next time that you open up the portal to Ilfra, no more soldiers come through. The Ilfrins are, they're done fighting. However, Mary comes through first, sort of shaking her head. And then a torrent of boars come pouring through the portal. Mary uh, is grabbed up from the field by Alden, who is perched on the curve of Varahara's tusk. Yes! Yes! And uh, Alden jumps down with Mary, who sort of looks a little bit taken aback and she and uh, Alden jumps down with Mary and, and sets her on the ground and looks at you at you three and shakes his head and says well you haven't gotten any stronger have you it's so good to see um, you Alden excuse I say. me Mary's gotten much stronger I just opened a portal in the ground idiot I scoop up Alden in a big old hug oh no no we don't have to do this no. I pick him up oh no yeah and I say, Fran joins the hug. Yeah, Corbin does too. Yay. I'm so glad you're all right. And I'm so glad you brought Varahara, I say. And I, I jump onto Varahara's side and just am like I also all jump up in the next, fur. Next yes, I'm in heaven. I'm crawling up. I love it. <laughs> and and uh, Varahara rumbles his pledge to fight and Alden rolls his eyes and says, well, we couldn't exactly just let Torva run amok. And also Varahara wanted to come fight, so I guess I had to come to make sure everything was fine. Oh, I'm, like, just still in Varahara's Yeah, we don't I'm respond. Just, like, we're we're yeah. inside um, the bristles. But I... Whatever you say, poor boy. <laughs> well, whatever, cruel boy. I'm inside Varahara. <laughs> you don't mean... You guys are all nasty perverts. You guys are all You're sick. a nasty pervert. You said you're inside Barahara. <laughs> that. That's our dad. <laughs> That's our dad. <laughs> I'm inside his fur. I'm a lot in there. <laughs> I'm in his big beard. I'm swimming through the fibers. Oh, my God. I forgot how fucking weird you all are. <laughs> okay. Okay. Let's. Okay. We can. Okay. We needed this, Alden. Yeah. <laughs> All right. So by the end of the first week, the green field outside of Estra is filled with encampments of soldiers, tents, cooking fires and forges, even as more and more fighters stream in. 500 orcs and another 200 camp followers who spin and cook and mend march in from the scattered tribes gathered at Chakal Chahar. It's like you recognize their banners. The Sandstorm Orcs have come to your aid once again, but there are also banners from the Silver Rock Orcs, who live high in the mountains, and the Waveborn Orcs, who test their strength against sea monsters. The Red Cavern Orcs, in their rust colors and masks, come through, and Namavi is among them. Oh, 
it's so good to see you again. She, like, as you run for a hug, she sticks out her hand for a handshake. Oh, well, I take her hand in the handshake and then I pull her into a hug. Ah, <laughs> smooth. I'm glad you're okay. You are? Well, that pleases me. Good, I say. <laughs> By the middle of the second week, there are people coming in that you don't recognize. They're coming on foot through the forest. A group in pastel colors come with Ava the Songbird, offering to use the divine blessings of their god to augment the strength and speed of your troops. A group of spear fighters have come from a place called South Downs. They carry no banner and claim that their god has abandoned them to fight for evil, so honor demands they must strike him down. A group of clumsy teenagers sneak into camp after dark, calling themselves the Hands of the Killany. Slake and Corbin, you know these kids. They're from that tiny town you found in the forest north of Hero's Gate. They insist that after everything that happened, they are still the chosen of the Kiloni, and they are here to help. Well, I'm glad that your cult is um, working towards community good. <laughs> yep, yeah, I mean, if you're gonna have a cult, this is the way to do it, so... You guys are endorsing the children's cult? You guys are leading by example, and Things that's were rough all while I was gone. that we can ask for. No one else is talking but me. <laughs> Mary, Mary signs, I thought that the Killony weren't coming to help. And uh, <clears throat> the group sort of looks at each other, and, and uh, one of them says, Well, actually, the Killony maybe told us not to come, but but you helped set us straight once, and so... We're here to do what we can. Way to escape that high control group. You are children, though. Hey, you're no older than us. Wait. Wait. How old, uh, how old are they? They're teenagers. Oh, yeah, teenagers. Okay. We're, like, we're like teenagers on the cusp of adulthood. Yeah, but they're like, you know, maybe a year younger than you. Okay, well. But, but that is also very much like a very teenager yeah, thing to be like, you're an actual baby. You're 17 and yeah. I'm 18. So like, jot that down. I don't know. Do, do, I look at Fran and Corbin. I'm like, do we want to expose them to the horrors of war? Yeah, why not? <laughs> why not? You got an opposition to that? I mean, we're... I'd put a five-year-old in battle. Corbin, that's a little far. I, look at I mean, Corbin. I, like if they, well, okay, uh, uh, yeah, all right. You guys made your point. That's fine. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, I'm fine with exposing these guys to the horror of battle. <laughs> Thank you, friend, for having my back. Yeah, Mary I Sign. don't have your back about the five-year-old. <laughs> that's okay. That's I, that's okay. You know what? I would like to apologize for that. I'll make a public apology. Yeah, you later. messed up. <laughs> I'll do better. <laughs> and uh, uh, Mary, Mary signs. Maybe we use them as support somewhere. Uh, I was so scared about where that sentence was going to end, Mary. <laughs> yeah, I think that sounds like a good idea. Mary Mary sends them off to figure out who their leader is and then have that leader meet with the other leaders. Mm. More fighters, adventurers, come in small groups. These are people who have cut their teeth on trapped and monster-infested old ruins and have now come to find glory and what people are saying will be the greatest battle of their age. The field swells with people and Mary has to switch to helping Estrin's magic up enough food for everyone each day. Each night, the leaders of these disparate groups meet to talk strategy, to debate the best use of their forces and jab their fingers into maps. The forges set up with the help of the Estrins churn out a river of armor and weapons each day. Artificers pore over plans for ways to protect the magic users from the cold iron that Torva is so fond of using. Children and elderly find other work among the camps, mending clothes, sorting, and packing supplies. 
The last to come are the gods. From the little river that runs down from the mountain, the water bubbles and churns until Rove emerges with her torrent of watery hair. Then beautiful Lalina washes ashore clothed in sea foam. Finally, terrible Saturnus storms up the bank, leaving cold and withered grass in his wake. When they appear, there is a flash of golden light, of movement too quick for the eye to follow, and standing among them is Wea the archer on the back of her golden fox. When, when they appear, Mary, like you all are at it in a different point in the camp. You're somewhere else. And Mary straightens up and she signs, someone's here. Something feels different. Good different or bad different? Uh, and she, she turns around and sees, you all kind of see just like this ripple of commotion coming towards you from the direction of the river. And as it happens... This troop of gods is just strolling through the camp, Sertinus leaving behind just a trail of dead, frosted-over grass Ooh, as he trails yeah. the group. Do you think they want a tent? <laughs> Mary signs, I don't know if they sleep. And as they approach your group, Sertinus crosses his huge, pale arms over his chest and glowers, but Rove steps forward, and she raises her chin to look Mary in the eye and says... We have come to fight. Torva took our brother Bruva twice over, and he took Luia's lover for nothing but spite. We will not let him do this again. And Mary sort of nods and goes, Great! <laughs> do, 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 do we need to, like, set anything up for them? Like, do, do they want anything? Do they, want do they need a charcuterie board? <laughs> we have we, cold cuts. We require nothing. Deal on a tent. We have cold cuts. We do not require cold cuts. Though a shelter to shield us from the eyes of mortals would be appreciated. Okay, Fran holds hands with Mary and like a little ways away from the, the general's tent, she creates an even more lavish, <laughs> even more beaded with like gold and silver and everything <laughs> and like filled with like pillows and beautiful lamps. <laughs> tent. Yes. And Mary says, uh, stay as, as, long as, as long as you like. Gods but love glamping. <laughs> gods love glamping, absolutely. Love to glam. <laughs> uh, but, but Mary, before they depart, Mary says, but uh, my... Uh, my my lady, Wea. Uh, is there a title that I should call you, the, um, Queen? Uh, and Wea sort of looks at her and says, "Child, we are family. You may use my name." And Mary nods, right, right. Um, you're Torva's sister. You're all under Rael, and she gives us a grin, but it's more like a baring of teeth. And she says, "Yes." The hands that hold his reins hold mine too, but my will is stronger than his, and no matter how they tug, I will tug back. And Mary nods and says, cool. <laughs> Damn. Very cool. Damn. Next to arrive is a person that you almost don't recognize, save for the fact that they seem to simply appear. The shadows melt away, and there they are, misty and almost incorporeal. And that's when you realize it's the Grey. No longer a child. They have aged 10, 15 years in the time that you've been apart. 
And uh, the gray steps out from the shadows and and whispers, I've come to help. I, I, I wave enthusiastically at them. Corbin also waves and says, Hey, buddy, you remember <laughs> that really good speech I gave you? I do. I think of it often. Um, oh, you guys see that? I'm a mentor. <laughs> what in the world? It's good to see you. You look good. Yeah, you 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 seem to have grown up really fast. Yeah, like yeah. wow. Yeah, the the gray crosses their arms and and shifts a little uncomfortably and says, "I do not feel myself in this form. V and I had well, V had blessed me to be a child as long as I wished. I uh, something happened and now I'm not." So, oh, that's vague and ominous. Yeah, that's pretty. Well, okay. I'm sorry. I'm sorry about that. I will be all right. It is not so bad to have a grown body. I can, I can reach high shelves now. Oh, that that's that's yeah, great, that's buddy. Really good. I mean, that's a huge. That's huge. Like physically and like. I don't... You don't have to talk to me like I'm a child anymore. My my brain developed. Too. Oh, okay. Well, I wasn't sure. I mean, I would. I, we, I would have how, talked to you the same way. Yeah, that's just how Slick talks. Carbon, has um, your brain developed yet? <laughs> Actually, no. I mean, technically, not. Hey, no. what? Why don't you let my brain speak for itself? Okay. <laughs> well, I'm just saying that physiologically speaking. I hey. Do you know? Do you know yeah. my human biology? Anyways. The gray, physiologically speaking, the human brain does not fully develop until age 25. That's so interesting, Corbin. Where do you learn that? <laughs> That's just a fact that I know. Right. Well, anyway, I came to help. Thank you. Yeah, thank you. We're really glad that you're here. Thanks, weird person. Hey, Fran. What? No, nothing. I don't know who this is. Nothing, nothing, nothing. By, by the time you guys look back, the gray is gone. Oh. Okay. That's, that's, that's cool. That's fun. Good talk. So the last of the gods to arrive is the one I know you've really wanted to see this whole time. Someone who's been oh, with you since the very Christ, beginning. Dude, I was actually excited for a minute. <laughs> uh. Someone who's been with you since you first fell to Avalis. Okay. In fact, the first god that you met on the surface. Mm-hmm. From through the camp you hear, even over the din, even over everything else you hear, the clip, clop. Clip, clop. God. Clip, clop, clip. <laughs> the clip, clop, clip, clop, clip. Stop it. This is a horror Can't film. you see we're already fucking dead? I'm so tired. And then you turn. Uh... <laughs> and just as you, uh, just as your, your joy and excitement reach a crescendo, <laughs> hearing these little clip, clop, clips through the camp, you turn around and there he is. The one, the only, dashing, Dawson. And he's already got his table set up.
will be honest. I think maybe I'm not going to try and transition this, and we'll figure out the transition once it's all edited together. Yeah. yeah. I think that will be better than I tr- think so. trying to make something up. And then I think, think like the, the, these next few episodes are going to be just created in a lab. I yeah. think so. <laughs>